beats demeru if you feel love right now sadness or alegria that means you are alive welcome to human experience if you feel love right now anger grief or pain that means you are human and that's pretty okay we gotta stick together to love and remain with the flora and the fauna and that magical shit that we cannot see but it's 133 i'm kind of tipsy and wavy from the week let me tell you a little story about me and how i see yeah yeah because me energy i simply study i keep without my body floating in this galaxy i want to leave my footprints on this earth manifesting my destiny ready to die to the sky goodbye whoa, whoa, whoa. this is getting too deep so i'ma just enjoy right now cause this moment is eternally i'm figuring out what i want to express on this ep but i can only be me so i'ma do it so freely to another episode of Quintessentially Queer. Glitter dust for everyone. So, once again, I am your host, George Rallis, and today we have the honor, finally, to have with us the lovely... Hey girl, hey. hey How are up? you? I'm good. Finally. How are you doing? I'm great. Now that you're here, finally, guys, we've been planning this fucking podcast for so long yeah, and it's true. finally time. Yes. So, before we get into it, um let's spell it out a little bit. Meru has uh, her new EP out called The Human Experience, available on which platforms? Is it All platforms. All platforms. Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, iTunes. Yes, Queen. Yes. Support, go stream it, buy it, love it and live it. But the question that arose in my mind primarily uh, came from the album's title, The Human Experience. So what is the human experience, right? To create something, whether that is a translation, a film, or a painting, is to let something come in its own as an essence that has been brought forth through you. It is the obligation to withdraw oneself from the art object and let it speak on its own. However, that implies creating an energetic reciprocity with the object in the first place. The work's becoming is a way in which um, the truth of it basically is conceptualized and manifested. In the same way, the human condition is in itself that of the unhomely. Obviously, I say this all the time, my dad is Heidegger and my mom is Judith Butler, but my sister is Aline Joy, which we'll get into in a little bit later on, huh? but the unhomely is a Heidegger's concept. Anyway, it is only when we're in a state of becoming and exposed to our own being which um, we push the boundaries of our own definitions. If becoming homely thus belongs essentially to historicity and truth, then a historical people are those who are stranded within the unhomely and the foreign, both in the gaps of language but also its multiple possibilities. It's the people that gestured to the Dasein's multiplicity, Dasein being the global like um, being, basically, global spirit, and occupy the act of withdrawal 
not as a reactionary political refuge, nor a mandatory social movement. They inhabit the in-betweenness as a state of existence that is always becoming and always will be becoming naturally. If we treat language thus in the same way as art, then its true essence lies likewise within its power to unconceal worlds which were not available to us since then. Call it narrative and discourse, call it language and meaning, call it different people, call it art. Through such withdrawal, what is revealed is our true human condition of not knowing and of always becoming. The only way to do that, Heidegger claims, is to live our lives towards death. What is concealed in the idea of familiarizing with death is that we can accept our own mortality, its realization, and its inexorability. It is only in relation to our being towards death that we, as humans, become passionately aware of our freedom, of life essentially. It is exactly this opposition that people like Trump use to firstly manipulate the idea of freedom. They claim that by living against death, not wearing a mask, living for Mars with Elon Musk, closing people out of your fucking big wall, we will gain back our freedom. You know, when in reality, um, it's the exact opposite which is happening, bitch. In general, um, the appropriating history of Europe, if we take like the instance here anyway, and of capitalism, in general, this gluttony culture we live in now, and the obsession with the homely, conceal within them the exact opposite of this notion of being towards death that Heidegger was talking about. How do we live our lives, basically? How do we live our Dasein? How do we live that which refuses to dissolve completely into the milieu of human knowledge? How can we live between immanence and transcendence? What is the human experience? You know? If we're all subjects that create the global objective, then subjectivity must ultimately be seen as a bottomless void, and this is where all enjoy comes in. However, the fact that there is no coherent something there, with mappable contours and limits, does not imply that there is nothing there at all. The only forward notion of understanding, understanding this global ethicality, this global spirit, which actually comes from indigenous thought, would be the respect to interdependence, which would ultimately mean becoming more and not less human. Our work with narratives, thus, puts us in touch with forms of reduction and compression. In this back-and-forth power play with the world around us, a true artist should posit their own ideals and ideas as differentiated and different to the object itself, instead of actually projecting the conclusion they wanted to create de facto. If true art is unconcealment, then we should verify that it unconceals different things to different people. We should treat our surroundings and ourselves within it as a discourse, as a force that is utterly deployed in the world, which is on the same ontological footing as everything else, including us. Let's take this another step further and say that the experience of narrative is also a reapproachment with a persisting object that uses humans as an activation device, a sort of on-switch, if you may, for its truth verification, they live through us. Then, things that unveil the global design through our own personhood are things which construct an intersubjectivity in which the we of any given moment is made in and inhabits the cracks and oscillations of an I that is ultimately subjective yet also universal. It is simultaneously real, discursive, social. It belongs to nature, to the collective, and to discourse. It bears the traces of a global being that is basically distributed everywhere among beings and among humans. In the same way, let's take an example through actual artistic practice. Bricolage, in art and in literature. It's basically a construction or a creation from a diverse range of available things. You take things which are already things and create another thing out of them. Does the fact that you made a lamp out of a bottle negate the bottleness of the bottle? Does the bottleness withdraw into obscurity? What happened to it like? As it turns out, even when you visually dismantle and erase the world, or even if you try, and all of its objects, including people, they still retain their insistently sensuous and metaphysical being and demand and actually deserve your fucking attention. Bodies continue to press in, even on your own. If we all live in a collective ethos, which we do, no matter how hard the elites are trying to fight it, then no life will ever be left behind, nor forgotten, as they're actually engraved within a discourse that we are part of, they're engraved within us. Every point of each of us 
coincides with every point of everyone else in one single point, which is where we all are. There is nowhere else. The idea of distance or separation or estrangement or withdrawal is nothing but a dream. I'm not saying, though, that we shouldn't mind the gaps, as those are tangible and actually realized. I'm not trying to provide a we're all the same, live, love, laugh argument. What we all are is inhabiting an absence, or at least we should be. You are here, and so is everything else. There is nowhere else to go. So, step one. Realize that truth in reality is the untruth. If alithia is the unconcealment of beings, then realize that in the same way you want to conceal, there are things that are left in opposition that also exist. A moment of Heideggerian truth must exist in order for a global empathy to become reality and understand that we are existentially, dynamically withdrawing beings that coexist. Step two. Only within this notion of truth will we realize the force of our own solipsistic human design. We will gain a positive withdrawal in a space that is muted, yet with all the eagerness to listen, or at least try to listen, to the figurative chatter, songs, or screams of the countless human actors around us that create and exist in the world. Try and listen to the existential murmur that life is, beyond your own internal narrative that is shouting over them. Only then, through empathy, can we withdraw in a positive way from a global narrative and realize it as a global discourse. Step three would actually be self-donation, making ourselves hospitable so that things and events can take place in, with, and around us so that the world can happen to us for a change. The fact of the matter is, we're already occupied, babes, and I don't really think that that is changing anytime soon, to be quite honest. So... Instead of using that occupation in your ego, use that as a way to connect and realize the other. In this way, you make room like a broom against the system that brings the dirt back out from under the carpet. Call it activism, call it kindness, call it art, call it music or humanity. It's your call, bitch. For the initial starting conditions, basically, of spontaneous acts of generosity and impossible unconditionalities, to become stable, we must actually practice what we preach. I do not imply that we have to disrupt any pre-existing ideas that we have. But what I'm saying, basically, is that those ideas may still exist and be in place, yet not take up all the fucking space, so something else can also coexist, you know? And finally, step four, what we have to fucking do is make new objects, give birth to things, radical acts of coupling and natality, and queer reproduction, basically. In the end, this is what ethics and humanity is all about. Slowing down, paying better attention to what is close at hand, and always already intimate within us, which is actually everything. Welcoming the other, and not taking ourselves too seriously, and working together to actually add something of beauty to the world, which is always more than truth could ever calculate or bear. Now, let's go back to a song for now, uh, Agua by Meru. The first one, by the way, was Hip Hop by Meru. So, yes, let's get into it. Welcome to the human experience.
So that was Aguabamero, and the first song was hip hop. In case you missed that, hey babes, welcome. Hello, thank you. So how are you? I'm doing really good. Yes, yes. chilling. Yeah. So introduce yourself a little bit to the people that don't already know you. What do you do exactly beyond music? Uh, yeah, my name is Meru. I make uh, art in different disciplines, and I really try to. Let my inspiration guide me in what kind of discipline I want to work in. So sometimes I have a, an idea for a drawing and sometimes mm-hmm. a painting or whatever. I just let my intuition follow me. She's wearing this sick jacket right now that she made as well. Thank you. Her girl, gorgeous. Yeah. But um, I like honestly, and I'm not just saying it because you're here, but your EP mm-hmm. is a fucking bob bitch. Hey. Like it was on loop in my car oh. in the, for the whole summer. Like really. Um, and actually listening to your music and your EP mostly because I, I mean I I was introduced uh, to you through Mercy basically, so I didn't really know anything about you basically, and then yeah. I just listened to it. And it's like the what I said before in my introduction. It's kind of like you manifested and actually made an object out of my thoughts. An object. I don't know if you can call a song an object, but yeah, you know what I mean. An artwork. An artwork. Or, yes, yeah. you go from the micro to the macro, like very smoothly and very organically. Yeah. So yes, beautiful. Where are you from uh, originally? Um. That question is so loaded. I don't know. Yes, I can it is. Answer that in many, many ways. Answer it in any way you want, yeah. babes. <laughs> I I come from my mom. Like I come from <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Mother Nature and Venezuelan roots and uh, grew up in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, the reason I'm asking is because like you, I can see like the Venezuelan, um, you know, influence in your. Um, Work yeah. and you even have like a song, no Chilean Venezuelan dreams, yeah. is it? Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I find this. The reason I use like micro and macro is because like I feel that like um, your songs at least speak in a very wholesome way and in a very direct and honest way that I believe music really does not do that at this point, really, because uh, it's just becoming super business oriented. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like even if. You don't know your. If someone doesn't know your background, you can still enjoy the music for what it is. Yeah. And then if you really zoom in, you can hear what you're saying mm-hmm. and see the Venezuelan influence. Yeah. Or like talking about water was like work, bitch. Yes, mm-hmm. that's it. <laughs> Thank you. And what is the longest time you spent in water? Yeah, nine months. <laughs> <laughs> also, like backstory about the agua video, like. Mm-hmm. I always say, like you know, we were nine months in water. You know, I think mermaids exist. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like, but that's that's my conspiracy theory. I I grow. I'm with but. you on that. I'd love to be a mermaid. Like, yeah. but I want like a green tail and just like long green hair. Oh, yeah. You know, like algae, yeah, basically. Nice. Yeah. So tell me a little yeah. bit more about your art. I see you do a lot of things. Like, um, uh, maybe I I don't know if I can call you like an interdisciplinary artist. Yeah. But I feel that like. You're a well-rounded artist, you know, um, which includes paintings, writing, and music. Like, how do these spheres like coexist for you? Are they like um, interconnected in terms of the realization, or do you hold them to a different process, meaning, or like value? How does how do they coexist within you anyway? And then, how do you manifest that? For me, it's really all one, actually. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes. I just think about a melody or like a particular sound or an instrument that mm-hmm. I want to use, and in a way, my EP was also kind of a research mm-hmm. through sounds and through instruments, and a research for myself, for my human experience and my perspective. Um, so yeah, I I always try to see it as one, and I think. In all the different disciplines, mm-hmm. it's kind of still the same. Yeah, the same. Uh, like, how do you say that? Core. Se- yeah, core. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Core. So, yeah, I al- also like to see that um, even when I use another instrument in a way, like a paintbrush or mm-hmm. my voice or uh, clothing, mm-hmm. it still connects and it's still me. Nice. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, do you have a specific process that you follow? Like, um, 
I, I think it's safe to assume that the medium that most people know you from is your music. Yeah. Oh my God, Amazonia. By the way, I love, hey, I love. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, how, how, how did you come to music, basically? Did it start first or how? Well, I was always really creative. I grew up with creative parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always loved art and like mostly drawing and writing because mm-hmm. I was always thinking a lot and why why is this why is that is there, is there? wait we can cut that out like um yeah so what about your your process like there i ask everyone of their process um because i find it very interesting to actually getting through it you know what i mean do you start like um from the end idea first or do you just kind of like go with it like send like in a sense shoes type of like thing yeah it's really going with the flow like i didn't know what i was making Mm -hmm. until like later i really take my time to kind of reflect on what i made and the songs that i made and then for example fuego i had a beat fuego and i had a beat agua Mm -hmm. and later i realized like oh i use these two elements and like why did i actually use them and what about the other two and like yeah it's it's kind of i really make it and then mm-hmm. later i i think like what did i actually made and and still i realize a lot of things that i'm like oh maybe i made that because of this reason or a new reason or yeah, yeah. cooking it up like a rapid in the afternoon, afternoon. that's it yes. <laughs> nice Every day. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, I love arepas by the way. Thanks. Like oh, really, yeah. oh my god, my uh housemate in uh, Ireland was mm-hmm. doing them a lot. He was from the Canary Islands. Oh nice. So he taught me but I completely forgot. Mm-hmm. So you, you please teach me. Yeah, I will, I will. <laughs> cool. So uh, how did you start? Uh what was your first gig or maybe any memorable ones that you'd like to share with us? My first gig I think at the music school. Yeah. So I was always writing a lot and listening to hip hop. Like I was really into like nineties, eighties, two thousands hip hop. So I heard about this hip hop school and I was like, Oh, let me check it out. And I yeah, I just had butterflies in my stomach. I was like, Oh my god, should I try it? And I was always singing and mm-hmm. like writing and freestyling in my room, but not like for people necessarily. Yeah. So then I was like, you know, let's try it. And I recorded my first song at a friend's house and I send it and then I was accepted. And that's kind of how my music journey began. Like, yeah, also really feel like following my intuition, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. I mean, yeah. as a tiny, well, I was never tiny, but as a small gay boy, like dancing in his mom's heels, like in my room to Shakira, yeah. and then kind of like actually being on stage, I was like, oh, I see it. Yeah. I see how it goes, yeah. you know? Um, But yeah, that's I the, the personal element in your work, I feel is very, that's what makes it so powerful, at least to me, yeah. you know? Because it's, um, it's what we're talking about actually before uh, too. It's like, I you take what you do seriously, but then you don't take yourself too too seriously because it's just fun. You yeah. know what I mean, yeah. and that's what makes it like so genuine and powerful. Speaking of fun, let's go to I just wanna have, have fun. fun. Yes. Your time, 
I just wanna have fun by Meru and the human experience. Tell me a little bit about your EP. Um, where, like, how, what was the inspiration basically, and what do you want to push across with it? I wanted to make an EP that's more personal and sharing more how I think about things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was a journey. It was a journey. Yeah, how long did it take you? to complete the thing i already knew i wanted to take like a year to okay. really like not rush anything mm-hmm. so yeah it's it took a year and um so i started last not this summer but the year before yeah and i finished it like around december so like a year or something mm-hmm. and i released it in 13th march 2020 nice so, oh yeah the one good thing that happened in 2020 yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have um. I mean, I don't know if I'm like this is my take at least. Mm-hmm. And your songs, you have like a very high level of kind of like connectedness, mm-hmm. both with the people around you, as like for example in hip hop, like the video clip. I mean, where you actually included like all of your friends. I was yeah. like, hey, Lenny, Tiago, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but then also like a very Shout strong. Out to all of them. What? Shout out to all of them. All of them. Yeah. Kisses to everyone. Hey, yeah. mercy, hey. come back. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you also have like a very strong bond with like nature can you tell me a little bit about that um what are the connections kind of like between that and that's where the micro and the macro come in if you ask me Mm, i always get a lot of inspiration Mm -hmm. of nature and i do think we are all connected also like as all living things you know i i do think we all have an energy and Mm -hmm before being a human or something else like we are an energy and yeah for me hip-hop stands like for peace love and unity and having fun and i wanted to include all my friends because they all inspire me a lot Mm -hmm. and yeah also what we were talking uh about i just want to have fun it's like the joy and the resistance in having joy because yep Sometimes things are very serious and things are serious, you know, it's not, yeah, but we also need to have fun and yes, to come together and realize that we are all living energies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this, this type of like thinking uh, originated with kind of like more indigenous approaches to life, actually. Mm-hmm. And in general, in general, like the five levels of psychedelic awareness yeah. that we all kind of like fluctuate in mm-hmm. within our lives. Obviously, yeah. some do so with like the use of substances that can assist that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, for example, like the biggest level of psychedelic awareness is kind of like when you die. And that's when you kind of like really realize of this thing that's called life, I mm-hmm. guess. I don't know. Yeah. But I was just reading a bunch of stuff. But um, going back to what we were talking about before, actually, when we are listening to the song, like, I fucking hate it when people are expected to be, like, active. Listen, I personally believe that we all have political substantiality mm-hmm. and that we should all take control of it and be responsible for that. However, we shouldn't be obliged to do that. Yeah. That's a personal thing. And uh, the last occurrence I can think of was with, um, do you know Nikki Tutorials? No. She, she's like a YouTuber. She does makeup anyway. Mm-hmm. And she's trans, Mm -hmm. basically. But she's been super famous for a very long time now. And she just came out, like, last year. Mm -hmm. 
and everyone lost their shit and like oh you've been in the closet for so long and like you didn't do work oh, for like so blah, blah. yeah and i'm like girl let her fucking live her yeah. fucking life like like she doesn't own that to anybody exactly to even share that so yeah. that she's sharing that that's yeah. amazing exactly yeah. um and the thing is that like solely the fact uh, and right now i'm not trying to push the agenda that trans is being aestheticized mm-hmm. but what i'm saying is that it can definitely be used for visibility you know what i mean especially if you're like a very passable like you know yeah and um, so on that note the fact that she actually managed mm-hmm. to be the queen of makeup mm-hmm. without using her trans identity yeah. as like a deploy for publicity mm-hmm. or whatever it is yeah. like that's actually so much more political than her being forced to kind of like represent anything yeah like seriously though mm-hmm. we live in a world where kind of like joy is forbidden yeah. uh, and if it is expressed then it should be substantiated in a way in order for you to be allowed to enjoy yourself mm-hmm. fuck that true and nobody got time for that shit like really and also that you have to identify yourself mm-hmm. to be able to stand for something yeah. like can I not just be myself and stand for for my freedom and exactly. my, my joy and yeah. Um, I don't know. That's the question I keep on having with like a lot of people, for example. And I feel that actually the trans issue is something very not fragile, that's the wrong word. Uh, ambiguous for people to understand. Mm. Yeah. Because it's something that's so somatic and so like embodied yeah. that people just cannot wrap their hands around. When they forget that, bitch, you don't have to wrap your head around anything. You just have to be nice to people. What if, what if like straight cis people needed to do that? Like, right. they needed to come out yep. and say, like, you know, I'm this and I'm that. Like, I'm not trying to compare it or something, but w- what if, like, that would be also weird? Like, why should people be obligated? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like, um, I was I was reading a bunch of things about coming out now because it was like the national coming out day mm-hmm. or something global coming out day whatever yeah and they were kind of like saying that um, we shouldn't be coming out any longer we should kind of like stop that and essentially see it as kind of like letting people in which I also don't believe because that's also a bit like very I don't know wish washy mm-hmm. like we're all the same type of live love laugh attitude mm-hmm. to life which I cannot uh, stand behind yeah but they were essentially saying. Uh, I was reading this thing on Instagram anyway, how like, um, what makes you think that I should come out to you or give you that type of information about me? Mm -hmm. What does it, what, what does it change about, you know what I mean? Right now. Um, and I, I have that applied in my life too, actually a lot, uh, where, I mean, you know, I look the way that I look beard, hairy, blah, blah, blah. So I guess masculine passing. And then like, if I'm dressed butch, or if I don't have specific, I don't know, cues, um, they look at me, and I see the, a bit like, mm, is he, is he not, is, mm. you know what I mean? And then kind of like, I'm just going to like sit with crossed legs, or be like, oh yeah, my boyfriend or something, and they're like, oh, and you kind of like see it. Mm-hmm. And whenever people ask me like, you're gay, right? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, so are you straight? And they go, oh, okay, cool. Because it's yeah. like, you know? Yeah. Or also, oh my God, the other thing, okay, we're <laughs> deviating now, but like, I fucking hate it when people, it always starts the same. Can I ask like a personal question? Like, go ahead. Because mm-hmm. anyway, I'm, I yeah. don't care. Like, you know, and like, so are you out? I'm like, yes. To your parents? I'm like, yes. So when did uh, you come out? Why? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> why like, do you want to know that? Yeah. Like, why would I share this type of information that was so vital in my life yeah. with you right now in an after party? Like a when stranger we're stranger or? Yeah. What? So whenever I get asked that, I'm like, when did you come out? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't uh, do your parents know you have sex yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? like uh, I guess so I'm like oh maybe you should have a talk with your parents yeah. like you know <laughs> true yeah anyway <laughs> going back mm-hmm. to your music right now because this is about you <laughs> yeah so um, most of your songs uh, I believe um, they have a specific moment as the focal point or the inspiration or a specific element, like, you know what I mean? Whether that is fun, water, or fire, which is something general, let's say. Or just like hip-hop. That's a bit more specific, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I mean by the micro and the macro focal point, right? Like you talk about all these things, about roots, about dreams, and wanting to have fun. So I guess the best way to pinpoint your music 
without like cornering it or limiting it is that you speak about the submerging of a manifested reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me a bit about that. Like what what led you to this questioning like Azmeru uh, beyond artist and I'm not talking about personal narratives here. I'm just talking about kind of like, I don't know, maybe inspirations or like an event as an artist or whatever, you know what I mean? That made you want to talk about these issues and concerns. Um, basically, yeah. I think these are things that I normally already talk about a lot Mm -hmm. so like in my daily conversations i talk about you know like also our conversation about genders about what it means to be a human and how others see me as a human Mm -hmm. and for me yeah being the human is really like this body that kind of this suit sometimes that i put on and People always want to say like, oh, you're this or you're that or put you in boxes. But I'm I'm just a human, you know, and and at the same time. I am a lot of boxes, but yeah. together, you know, not only one or or two. Or, uh, and I'm talking about like the roots or mm-hmm. um, gender or sexuality. Um, Yeah. I feel we're like trees. I'd like to believe, I don't know, visually it makes sense to me because it's like, you know, you have the roots, Mm -hmm. which are the things that kind of like made your core and then you branch out in a lot of things. Um, And the roots all talk to each other and they're all helping each other. Yes, that's it. It's interconnectedness, you know. Um, Talking about that, um, if this interconnectedness is vital, uh, which it is actually, how, how did the isolation how does isolation sound to you? Not necessarily COVID related, mm-hmm. but um, this more like spiritual and creative pause of this human flow, mm-hmm. basically right now. How 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 does how, what do you think about that? Do you, how does it resonate? Isolation for me, the first thing I think about is reconnecting with myself. So being isolated from the rest of people or the world, and mm-hmm. I would think about like my room, my my universe kind mm-hmm. of where I can really be myself. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I think that that is isolated for me. Yeah. Um this uh this other thing, oh my god, this was also very a very toxic approach to isolation. Mm-hmm. Like I personally for once had a very big problem, have a very big problem with isolation. Not now, I got over it. But um Babe, I'm a Virgo. My moon is in Aries and my mm-hmm. rising is Cancer. Okay. Like, you know what I <laughs> yeah. mean? I'm intense. Uh-huh. So I've always kind of like, and I'm also very hypervigilant as a person. Mm-hmm. So I've always tried to kind of like mute my own voices or kind of like try to let out this energy yeah. by occupying the spaces that I should have isolated for me actually with other people mm-hmm. that also made the relationships a bit ungenuine and primarily the one with myself actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so then actually covid um, on the one hand, really did make me chill because having all these possibilities, especially in Amsterdam, oh my God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Made uh-huh. me freak out and have this like FOMO, I guess, approach to life. Yeah. And then when that, when I was like, oh my God, I can breathe, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but the toxic part of that is that like, I hated those people that were like posting shit online. Like, oh my God, this is the time to write that book that you've always been postponing. Like, no. You can always do that. Yeah. You can always follow your dreams. This is the time to just chill. We don't live in this like end product oriented consumption and production. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right now the world is at a pause, I would like to believe. So I think this is the time to actually chill and do what you actually want to do. Yeah. You don't have to produce shit. You don't have to like come out of quarantine and like washboard abs and like, yeah. you, no, no, you can just snack all day. feel pressured for, sh- for sure. Like yeah. also with COVID, like that you need, to, also that you need to chill. Like I feel like, yeah, you can just do whatever you want. Like for me personally, nothing changed because I always work from home and mm-hmm. I make beats and you know, like. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. For, for all those quarantine producer memes were very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But I think for me, COVID really, like, shows the um, structures of the world, you know? Yeah. Like, it's really um, 
yeah, capitalism is really coming to the surface, you know? Yeah, yeah. All of the negative effects of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And um, I maybe I shouldn't say this, but I mean, like, actually the one thing that I'm grateful for about COVID, I mean, as if you can be grateful about a pandemic, mm-hmm. is actually the Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. um, uh, movement, because um, yeah, obviously it's very sad. Uh, the reason... You know, it started, yeah. but I genuinely do believe that if it wasn't for COVID, then people wouldn't be as infuriated. Or actually, mm-hmm. no, the people would be infuriated. People wouldn't pay that much attention. Yeah. You re- you remember Adoa uh, from the fundraiser, like my friend, uh, the rapper. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were talking when uh, COVID started mm-hmm. and I was telling her about things like alarm. And then she's, she's like to me, bitch. Fuck no. This is not the time to talk about COVID. Now that everyone is in front of their fucking screens, we should talk about the things that we need to talk about. Like race, like gender, Mm -hmm. like all these like pressing issues that actually led us to this point of hating one another. And I'm like, queen. Yeah, it's true. So true though. I I feel like it was already a bit before COVID that people were really, yeah, like fighting for their rights and coming to the streets. And then COVID came, you know, and it was kind of like, so now you want us to stay home and like not go outside and connect yeah. i feel like the timing is very interesting and you know like yeah people it, it, it really brings everything to the surface like mm-hmm. yeah the racism the oppression of of capitalism and colonialism like it's really there yeah and with the um, time free people can also really realize it yeah the yeah. thing is like yeah, the people that were acting on these things were acting before and will continue. Mm. But I think the difference that COVID made is for those that are listening and those that are looking. Yeah. You know, because yeah. the people that actually wouldn't care, they would be too busy living their lives. You know what I mean? Rather than actually be like, yo, there's actually a racial genocide going on. And still, the media tries to yep. write down other shit. And like, it's crazy how they censor certain parts, you know? And that's always that's always how news and books and history things go girl i got fucking shadow banned in instagram shadow banned yeah like for like my my stories wouldn't be sharing and you couldn't like see them and literally they just weren't uploading and it was only for like super political shit in cyprus Mm. and i don't know what happened there but it was so weird because like for a good two weeks like the political shit that i was posting weren't posting but then like if i would post like a random fashion image like it would yeah, and I had to kind of like print screen and do it. You know what I mean? It was yeah. fucking weird. Um, but uh, we went too much in the surface. So let's go into Roots now. Yes. Interludio. describe your music basically um i mean would you like put it in a genre 
know. Work. I, I, I really love so many sh- different genres. Mm-hmm. And I, re- wh- yeah, I, I always just try to make it. And then later I see like, oh, I made this, you know. Yep. But I always try to infuse like instruments and sounds from my ancestors. And I feel like that's definitely a way for me to connect mm-hmm. with them. And so, yeah, you hear a lot of like percussion um that's inspired by like west african because mm-hmm. in venezuela you have a lot of african people and indigenous or actually i don't want to call them indigenous just like american because mm-hmm. you know yeah they were there and uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so <laughs> yeah and like caribbean music that's it's all oh, so it's I don't, the music just it has a history you know yep. like percussion comes from africa the jazz comes from all these other instruments from new york and this and that and the guitar is spanish and it all it all says the history actually of mm-hmm. of me i guess work bitch yeah and also just using like weird alien sounds connecting with the alien alien femme yep that's it oh i love that thanks nice (laughs) beautiful really it's like yeah it's it's very sensory actually Mm -hmm. it's like with loops and hip-hop basically so it's kind of like a it's an intimate way of looking both you Mm -hmm. and your heritage you know what i mean which is like amazing Mm -hmm. um but what's it like being here in the Netherlands uh, with this background, let's say, do you see a different appeal in bookings or, I don't know, the way people approach you as an artist? I feel like it's very um, two-sided because mm-hmm. I, I do feel very um, blessed in a way. Of, yeah, yeah, I always feel blessed for just existing. Mm-hmm. Um but like being here in the Netherlands, I do feel like I have this a bit more freedom in a way. Mm-hmm. But it's weird to say because, I mean, the Dutch and the European caused a lot of the problems in my country and in my, yeah, you know. Um, but even saying my country, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, right. Because fuck borders, but you know. Girl, uh, don't even get me started on borders. Like yeah. Really. But in bookings, like, I think definitely people don't really pay m- much attention or something as, like, an English-spoken, Spanish-spoken artist. Um, but it's okay. I mean, with not noticing, like, mm, with what, with all that I do and... Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's, it's, it's whatever, like, I, I just mean, do my thing, you know. And I don't know, to be honest, my problem, like, obviously, I moved here because of the freedom and because of the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Tolerance. Because, mm-hmm. um, um, I mean, if you take it very, like, blank point, it's better to be tolerated than attacked. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. However, tolerance also, like, implies, a, a, I don't know, a very... A infrastructure, An also, yeah. In a way, like I am in the position to tolerate you. Exactly. Like, I don't have to. Like, who gave you the power yeah, over me? Like, you know, <laughs> I'm just here. Like, you don't have to tolerate <laughs> me. <laughs> what, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very, yeah. very that really. Yeah, that's it's really sneaky. Mm-hmm. It's really sneaky, and um, yeah, that's that's. That's the culture, I guess. Like yeah, I don't know. Being like politically correct and very safe and very micro aggressive, you know? Yes. Like, not really saying it, but kind of. But if you say something about it, it's like, oh, I didn't mean it, but you, you still said it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get I get this a lot. Um, uh, surpri- actually, not surprisingly, it shows it perfectly, actually. Mm-hmm. With the way I dress... I see it the most prevalent, actually. Huh? Mm-hmm. If I dress like super oriental, because I am an oriental princess, I'd like mm-hmm. to believe I'm Jasmine, you know? Yeah. And like, I see people like looking at me like, um, 
what is that costume? You know what costume. I mean? Like costume? <laughs> Excuse you? Wow. No. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but then like if I'm a bit like oriental, but also like a bit techno, it's like, oh my God, I love your outfit. Because it's just like, oh, it's Dutchified enough or whitewashed enough, if you may, yeah. you know, in order that I can see it and accept it but then like also a bit oriental and i accept that in order for me to accept something yeah so it says something about them at the end again mm -hmm, yeah. i'm like fuck that mm -hmm. can i just not be barefoot in a fucking belly dance skirt yeah. like you know it's like we're constantly a mirror yes mm -hmm. but yeah it's <sighs> annoying Fucking break the mirror, girl. Seriously, yeah, though. break it. And fuck Lacan as well, like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So beyond the politics, though, yeah. your EP has like a very warm sensation in the words that you're using, mm -hmm. and the beats that actually accompany it. It's like um, I saw this at an interview that you gave mm -hmm. somewhere. I don't remember where it was. Uh, I don't want to discredit anyone, uh, but you can find all of her like link tree and like you know, so in her Instagram. Yes, so it's like an avant-garde futuristic hip-hop, basically, that is somehow also a bit vintage. Mm -hmm. um, there's a very big element of playfulness to it, which I love. Mm -hmm. And it's like a combination of a lot of things, but they're all somehow, I don't know, super organic with one another and wholesome. It's like floating. I have a tattoo, by the way, here that says float. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So what are your main inspirations musically, mm -hmm. basically? Uh, musically, I listen to a lot of old music mm -hmm. like a lot of instrumental music like jazz or um like pre-colonial american music uh very a lot of different sh shit like my from my house like my mom listens always to like salsa and reggae and yes. reggaeton so i grew up listening that um and for myself, I was just like hip hop, hip hop, hip hop, like hardcore. <laughs> Who's your favorite, if you can choose? Ooh, um, top five. <laughs> uh, Tribe Called Quest. Nice. MF yes. Doom. Missy oh. Elliott. Nice. Um, Aliyah. Oh, yes. Like R and B, hip hop. I don't know. Um, and Tupac. Yo. Tupac. Yes. <laughs> There's nothing Yo, about what you just said that I don't love. Yeah, like, he really? inspired me so much. Oh my like, god, "Changes" is literally one of my favorite fucking yeah. songs. Like, yes, fucking Sometimes anthem. I cry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but let's get to the future, or yes. actually the present. Uh, you started a new space in Amsterdam, yes. right? Uh, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that, and how can people support that? Well, it's gonna open the first of November, mm -hmm. and very close to Amsterdam, Amstel, and. I just really wanted to have a space where I can realize certain projects and ideas that I have in mind. And I think for me, education is something that I love. Like I love reading about history. And, mm -hmm. and also I think that's very important to know like where we come from, we as humans and yeah, to be able to go further and, you know, a lot of history is, like, not real, even. Mm. A lot is fake. And, yeah, I, I just wanted to have a space where I can share knowledge and um, come together with people and create a safe space and decolonize this shit. Fuck yes. Yeah, and create Preach. art and have fun, mostly. That's it. Have fun. Who, who is included? Who's included? In the space. No, I mean, like, who you work with, Russell and... Yeah, and Musoki. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's you three. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, it's going to be a, a big building with a lot of different artists. Mm -hmm. And um, first we wanted to rent one place together, but now we're going to do three different studios, but nice. we're still in the same building, so it's going to be really amazing. And I hope to also organize parties and lectures, podcasts, like, everything, basically, like... Yeah, I feel like I always just needed a space to do stuff. And now I got a space, so that's Fuck it. yes. Yeah. And how can people support? You have a crowdfund as well, yes, right? Yes, yes. It's in my Insta bio. Um, my Instagram is Meru Creates, so M-E-R-U Creates. And yeah, like 
if not with money, sharing is also very helpful. And when the studio is open, come by. You will you will see it on the social medias. Fuck yes. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. So, Merun, this is all the questions that I have for you. This was yeah. a pleasure. Thank yes. you so Thanks much so for much coming. For uh, even though it was fucking delayed, we literally tried to record this podcast like three times. True. Yeah, and it didn't happen. <laughs> so, hey, it's our time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and now, let's close with my favorite song from your repeat, mm-hmm. to be honest Fuego. Oh. Yes, bitch, loves it. My life is the fuego. Burned to the fucking ground, you know? (laughs) That's it. Thank you, darling, so much. And um, you can like Quintessentially Queer on Facebook and follow Uva Radio on all platforms, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And Meru on Instagram again uh, with the handle Meru Creates and follow her on SoundCloud, Spotify, and everywhere. So thank you so much for coming and let's close with Fuego from the human experience. Love more love. Siento el fuego en ti Yo tengo